Welcome to the post game show presented by Rico. I'm Gabriella DiGiovanni, joined by Fran Duffy and I Grease. Well, fellas, the undefeated run came to an end here tonight. 32-21, to the Washington Commanders win in Philadelphia. Uh, it's not the way that we wanted to see that first loss hit the board this season, but it happened. It's what yeah. happens. And it was more likely to happen than not to happen. Um, it was just a matter of how it would look. Sure. And I'm a little surprised at... Um, how rusty we looked out there tonight, taking care of the football, doing things that we hadn't done the previous eight weeks of the season. This this looked like a team that hadn't played uh, in 11 days. A lot of stuff they need to clean up, a lot of things they need to go back to the drawing board to work on. But like you said, Ella, you know, the talk of being undefeated and going 17-0, now you can erase that and get back to the drawing board. And even though you may think at times that you are – dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's, when you're paying attention to details, prepping every week. It's only human nature to go nine weeks without losing a game that sometimes you may overlook some things and you may get a little relaxed. So I think this is a great teaching moment for this team to sort of have them sort of re um, – they can go back, recalibrate, Calibrate, and then yep. get ready for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think the reality is is that one of the hallmarks of this team through the first 10 weeks of the season has been that they do not beat themselves. Well, tonight, they beat themselves. Seven penalties for 75 yards, penalties in all three phases of the game. No one is safe here in this one because the defense, they had some key penalties. That one down the stretch, a killer for this team. Special teams had at least two penalties that I can think of off the top of my head. Four turnovers on offense. You lose the turnover battle for the first time. It's a lot of the things that Nick Sirianni has pointed to and say these determine wins and losses. Tonight, it determined a loss. We're going to check in with Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, who joins us from Lincoln Financial Field. Dave, we just started talking about the turnover battle. Through the first eight games of the season, the Eagles committed three turnovers, four just tonight. What went wrong? Well, I mean, let's look at each one of them. The first one, the Jalen Hurts interception, I mean, a perfectly thrown ball that in good coverage that A.J. Brown didn't come up with and the defensive back made a great play on. Then Dallas Goddard gets face masked, very clear to everybody but the officials, and loses the football. Uh, that was a really tough one. That led to three Washington points. And then, of course, with Quez Watkins there, um, you know, careless, made a great catch, perfectly thrown ball, great play, great design, great everything. And then Quez got up and just didn't feel the pressure from the backside, and that one was really the, the real, real killer. So... I mean, you cannot be sloppy with the football. We talked about it before the game, how the signs around the Novacare complex uh, of affirmation of the importance of ball security. The players know it. The coaches know it. The Eagles had been historically great at it through eight games, and you knew it would catch up with them at some point, and tonight was that night. So Washington is the first team to beat the Eagles this season. Did they create some type of blueprint for teams who are to face the Eagles coming down the stretch? Yeah, no, actually, I think Houston did last week um, because the Houston Texans ran the football very effectively and then worked off of play action. And as Ike Reese and I talked about in the press box, it's a copycat league, and Washington came in here and did the exact same thing. The Eagles ran 19 offensive plays in the first half. It was 20-14, to 14, but it sure felt like more. Eagles offense just didn't get into any sort of rhythm in the Eagles defense. I don't know what the final numbers were with the – third downs but at one I mean it was just 10 of 13 and 11 of 14 I mean it was just the ability to run the football Taylor Heineke in third and short situations got the short passing game going play action passing nullified the Eagles pass rush and you know that is your formula to beat the Philadelphia Eagles the Eagles must stop the run and Jonathan Taylor awaits on Sunday and not too far in the far distance you know Derrick Henry and and the way the Packers can run the football, I mean, the Giants run the football, Cowboys run the football. That is what the Eagles are going to have to face in these final two months of the regular season. The Commanders finished 12 for 21 on third down, like you mentioned. Uh, back to regular routine, Sunday football coming up against the Colts, but it is a bit of a short week yet again here for the Eagles. What is this week going to yeah, look like, I, Dave? Yeah, I think that's actually a good thing because I know the Eagles are stewing. I know that they're stewing over the last play when Heineke took the knee and Two players kind of slid into him. It certainly, from my angle on the sidelines here, didn't look like it was anything egregious. I mean, there were some plays that clearly the officials uh, did not see tonight, and replay bared it out, but you, that's just the way the NFL is, and that's human error, and you got to live with that. More importantly, the Eagles have to get back to A, as Fran said, protecting the football, minimizing the penalties, and then defensively, they have got to get off the field 
on third downs. And what was really, I guess, the most concerning, not concerning, but surprising, the way Terry McLaurin just ate up the Eagles in the first half and through the game. I mean, he was open a lot of this game after the Eagles shut him down in week three. I was surprised at that. I didn't think Washington had the firepower to put up that many points in this game, but they did, and the Washington Commanders are very much a playoff team at this point in the NFC. What a, what a division. There's not going to be any gimmies down the stretch for the Philadelphia Eagles. McLaurin had eight receptions for 128 yards, and I know you'll be delivering Eagles fans all they need to know uh, post-game as you start to collect uh, your sound from yeah. players in the locker room. That locker room is going to be really interesting, Ella. Yeah. I think that certainly after the first loss, and it's going to be a pretty peeved locker room, it'll be interesting to see. So tune in to Eagles Insider Podcast Instant Reaction in just a couple of hours. That was Eagles Insider Dave Spudero, and we're going to bring it back here to the desk. Terry McLaurin, let's just keep going with that conversation. Eight receptions for 128 yards. He was not only catching basically everything thrown his way, but the yards he was able to gain after the catch is really what burnt the Eagles' defense. Yeah, and a little surprised that after some point you didn't get more press coverage for Terry McLaurin because it wasn't much vertical throws to Terry. A lot of it was crossing the field. So you get either it's uh, Slay or Bradbury in that sort of chase position. Terry McLaurin is going to beat you there. And it starts with how well Washington ran the football on early downs. And they hit you with that play action or those boot plays. And now you don't have the second-level defenders uh, underneath Terry McLaurin to sort of help out the DBs who are sort of playing over the top. When you get those crossing routes, the DB has to be wary of, is he going to go over and then try to beat me deep? Or does he keep going over? So that's where he's relying on those underneath guys, those linebackers. The problem was I thought Washington ran the football so well. You got the linebackers sucked up on the run an awful lot. And those middle routes were open all day for um, Heineke, Terry McLaurin, and even Samuels at sometimes. It just hurt, hurt that so many of them were on third down. I mean, yeah. that, that was the pivotal point in this game. I mean, yeah, they, they finished 12 of 21, as you mentioned. Uh, just looking even through the numbers, they started 12 of 14 on third down, which some of those plays were just so, so crucial. Uh, and a lot of it went to Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuel had a, a crucial one uh, early in the third quarter as well. So I think when you look at just their inability to get off the field on third down, even even looking at the numbers, Brian Robinson finished 86 yards on the ground, 3.3 a carry. Like that, that's not terrible if you're looking at it grand scope. But just the, the way that they were able to uh, gradually move the ball down the field, and then those very timely throws with those catch, yards after catch, they killed this team. Well, and here's the problem: when you have the defense on the field for that long, they're going to get gassed. And I understand in the defensive line, there's a rotation there. But I mean, in the first half, they outplayed. The Eagles, they were on the field for 23, almost 24 minutes, as opposed to the Eagles offense being on the field for just over six minutes. I mean, that is a massive um, disparity between the two. Yeah, and you can say with the offense, they could help out a little bit by picking up first downs, but there's a couple circumstances there where the defense just have to get off the field. There's a quick score when the defense yep. gets the sack and the forced fumble, right. so that puts the defense back, back on, on the, the field, field as it didn't take long for the offense. you got to get off the field on third down. You know, Fran's exactly right. Those final numbers are misleading when you look at the third down conversions mm -hmm. for Washington. 12 for 21 wouldn't make it, would make it seem like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But the fact that it was 12 or 14 to really go from the first three and a half quarters of this game really was the telltale sign for me that the Eagles were getting worn down. Right, And you can get a little help from your offense. They can extend drives. Certainly they need to pick up first downs. We understand that. But as a defense, you have to pride yourself. When you get to third down, it's time to get off the field. And it was far too many times where Washington was able to stay ahead of the sticks and get in third and short situations and it didn't force Taylor Heineke to sit back there and win the game. He actually was playing from under control as if, okay, we can run the ball or we can hit him with the boot. And he he wasn't uncomfortable enough for me tonight, uh, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I mean, that's the thing is the, the Eagles came out first drive, gets extended because of the, the roughing the kicker penalty. Uh, luckily, they come back, they get the sack fumble. So that's a four-play drive to start the game for Washington. But they come back. 16 plays in the or 13 plays in the next drive, 11, then 16, yeah. six to close out the first half of that long 58-yard field goal. Then they come back out of the locker room with a 13-play drive. I mean, it's 
four drives that all go for over 11 plays, that's yeah. that's draining for a defense, and uh, that's tough to rebound from. The offense could not get into a rhythm. The offense, even when you looked at it in the small sample size, they were two for three on third down. They had a couple touchdown drives in that first half. They just could. They were not on the field long enough yeah. to be able to sustain all that offense. The defense just could not get off the field. This week at his locker, Brandon Graham said that Taylor Heineke has added a spark to this offense, and you saw that here tonight. This was a different team playing than we saw in week three. There was more confidence. Uh, they were playing with a lot of confidence, and when you think about what the Eagles' defense was able to do to Carson Wentz in that offensive line in week three, that just wasn't happening tonight. They weren't always winning in the trenches, and that's where it has to get done first. Yeah, and you got to give Washington a little credit. They came in, and I think what you're going to get is the game plan from these teams coming up next is we can't try to outscore the Philadelphia sure. Eagles. We can't try to win a shootout against this team. And maybe that their best defense is trying to keep the Eagles' offense on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to get running the football. You saw it out of Houston. Try to win the time of possession. Tonight's game plan to me from Washington was let's keep that Eagles' offense on the sideline as long as possible and stick with the run, even if it's only three yards at a time. Because that's really – the difference in the, the first game they played against Washington in this game is that the first game they tried to come out and win with Carson Wentz's arm. Sure. And that offensive line couldn't protect. Tonight they said, you know what? If we keep this game close, we get it to the second half. Who knows what's going to happen? Let's put the ball in Brian Robinson and, and Gibson's hands. And if we need to throw the ball on third down, you give Taylor Heineke Easy throws, smart throws to where he can keep the ball out of harm's way. Because he threw a, cu- over, a couple overthrows out there tonight that could have been picked off as well. He finally got intercepted late in the game. But I thought there were some other throws there that if we had someone in the right position, it should have been an interception. They didn't want to win by Heineke throwing the football until he had to throw the football. It's not Jamison Nightcap yet. Uh, they're not at that point in the show. <laughs> but I got news for us. Uh, right now, that's how the Colts won that game yesterday. Yeah. Uh, is that they went out and they said, you know, we are going to run the football with Jonathan Taylor. He had his best day rushing over the entire season. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play ball control. It was a lot of quick throws. Matt Ryan threw two through through two passes past 15 yards yesterday. They all they wanted to do was dink and dunk, run the football, control the clock, play good defense, and they go out and they get a win in Jeff Saturday's debut as the head coach. I think we know what the formula is going to be, be the for the Colts. That's week. exactly what they are going to do here yeah. next Sunday out at Lucas Oil Stadium. We're going to keep uh, chugging away here, but be sure to go into the Facebook comments for our Ask Ike segment. You can ask Ike any questions you may have, and uh, we will air them right here on the show for Ike to answer to the best of his ability. (laughs) (laughs) That's a disclaimer. (laughs) And and Fran's right, and Dave and I were talking about this during the game. It's a copycat league. So when a team sees something on film um, and they see that it's successful against their upcoming opponent, then they're going to implement that into their game plan. And, And if you look at Indy next week, not to move past this game, but it's what's coming up next mm-hmm. when you look at the type of running backs, whether it's Green Bay with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, or you get King Henry in three weeks uh, when they face Tennessee. That's what this defense is yeah. going to get until they prove that they can stop the run. And tackling was something that our missed tackles we saw in the last game against the Houston Texans showed up a little bit again tonight. We have to, with that second level, get off blocks. Our linebackers, I love their athleticism. I love their toughness. We got to do a better job of hitting, shedding the blocks, and bringing the ball carriers down. Yeah, I, I think that the big thing, just going back and watching this, will just be exactly what happened with those run plays. Like the long play on the ground. 11 yards. This isn't like last right. Thursday night where right. uh, you saw the running right. back Damian Pierce bust out that 36-yarder in the first qu- in the first quarter, and uh, you had a bunch of missed tackles. It was just death by a thousand paper cuts. It was <laughs> plus three, plus four, plus five, and now all of a sudden the Eagles were behind the six. A bunch of those conversions in that first half. Third and two, third and three, third and one, and they're running for two. They're running for three. They're running for four and moving the chains. That's that. That's a tough way to live uh, as a defense. And we talked about this during the week, Fran, on the uh, Eagles game plan, the different ways that Washington tries to run the football. Yep. You know, they, they rarely – fire off the ball and put a hat on a hat. You're going to get the jet sweeps. You're going to get um, uh, Curtis Samuel in the backfield. You know, he converted the one end around play for first down. So Washington, you knew that's the type of running game you were going to see today. And their backs, their two backs, 
they aren't explosive runners. So they're more north-south runners where they aren't going to make people miss. They're just going to try to plow forward. And that can be frustrating to a defense. I'm telling you, I, it reminds me of the playoff game. We played against Green Bay in 03, the fourth and 26 game. And being out there against Najee Davenport and those guys, Amon Green. Yeah, Yeah, and I was out there in place of Carlos Simmons. That was a long day for your boy. (laughs) That was a long day for your boy at only 220 pounds. They kept running those big guys over there at me. And I'm telling you, you're out there and you're saying, I'm taking on these blocks, I'm fighting, I'm doing everything I can, and it's still just not enough. And it was just one of those days, and that's kind of the way tonight went for the Eagles. I will say good news uh, for your part. No one remembers the fact that you're getting beat up at the point of attack. Everyone thinks of Brian Dawkins. You just brought it back up. up. Yeah, you're the only one looking the past there. Because I still have nightmares about it, man. (laughs) I have a question for you guys. Tonight, did we see the absences of Jordan Davis and Avante Maddox? Mm. Yeah, I mean, especially Jordan Davis, you know, the big fella. If a team is going to run, especially a team like Washington, you know, it's one thing when you have, you know, those speed backs that like to get to the outside. But when you have two plowing runners like Washington has, you know they're going to run between A, B, and C gaps. And that's where Jordan Davis makes a lot of his uh, his hay inside there. So, yeah, I, I think anytime you get a big fella like that who uh, eats up blockers, He doesn't necessarily need to make the tackle, but it allows the other guys to make tackles around him. So, you know, I'm not going to use that as an excuse, but it certainly is part of an explanation that the big fella is not out there. Yeah, and Terry McLaurin, he got targeted five times. A couple of them were in the slot on third down. We talked in the kickoff show, Ella, about how good Avante Maddox was in that week three game down in Washington. He was so, so good in that game. Helped lead to a bunch of coverage sacks of Carson Wentz. And so, yeah, I think losing Avante Maddox, maybe it didn't hurt grand scope. But I think when you look at it, especially on third down, a couple of those plays, I'm sure you would have loved to have number 29 in there in the slot. All right, we have an ask-eye question. Let's see what we got. What do you think the Eagles should focus on moving forward, Ike? Well, I think you get back to doing what's been successful for you all year. This team is 8-0 or 8-1 now. It's just their first loss. And you're not going to scrap everything you've done to help you get to 8-0. So now it's really more about going back and fine-tuning things. You know, I do a lot of reflecting on the show because watching the games, it just, it just, you get sort of those flashbacks. So when we lost to Pittsburgh in 2004, it was arguably our worst game of the season. I mean, the defense, we got Jerome Bettis ran through us on defense that day. And it wasn't that all of a sudden we became a different team. It's just that we weren't doing the things that we had done the prior seven weeks of the season that helped us to be successful. So I guarantee you those players in that locker room, they have an empty feeling in their stomach right now. Because first of all, they're prideful, and, and not in a bad way, meaning that they're prideful in the way that they detail their work. And so that wasn't them out there on the field tonight. That doesn't exemplify what this Eagles football team has been about. And so they're not going to be happy with what they put on display on national television. So I don't think you have to do a whole lot of, of, of preaching and coaching. Turn on the film, and you show, show these guys what they look like, prior to this game versus what they look like tonight, and that's all you would need to do. I was going to ask you, from a player standpoint, obviously everyone knows, like, the film is the film. Everyone yep. knows what happened here on the field tonight. But what was the messaging from Andy Reid, from Coach Reid, after that? Was it more of a positive light, or was it, hey, like, you know, he kind of got in and reamed you guys Oh, he got into us. Oh, okay. yeah, he got into us. Because here's the thing. It had been a couple games prior to that loss that we kind of, you know, we, we, we had to go to overtime to beat Cleveland. So right that should happen, yeah. Okay. You know, we played in Chicago, and that was like a six-point game. Mm. And these are teams that they shouldn't have been close games. So we knew we had been teetering yep. on, on a loss somewhere. And so Coach Reed, they, yes, he let us have it. And he let, let us know that this is how easy it can be to lose this thing. And that's all you needed to do. Went out the next week, put 49 points up on the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. Didn't lose another game until we set the players the final two weeks of the uh, season. All right, well, you were talking about Andy Reed. We're now going to hear from Nick Sirianni. He joins us at the podium. No, uh, I did not. Um, it it kind of went right from there. They called it, and then uh, we were right into playing again. I, couldn't, I didn't get a chance to talk to them. What was your opinion? Um, I, hey, that's that's not what lost us the football game. So uh, I'd have to watch it on tape again. I kind of I saw it live. I kind of looked down the field, um, but they got a tough job, and you know I, I'll look at it. And um, but that's not at all what lost us the football game. 
Yeah, shoot. I mean, that's pretty pretty simple, right? The three turnovers lost us the game. The time of possession loses you the game. Um, it was we lost it together. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching. We lost it together. That's what lost us the game. What did you think of the Dallas Goddard fumble? It looked like he was face masked on that play. Did you get an explanation there? There's a long stoppage. Um, the, you know, I, I, I didn't. Um, you know, he we had we got to have better ball security there. Um, we take a lot of pride in how we we protect the football. We were obviously loose with it. That's how they got it out. And uh, defense did a nice job of stopping them right there. Uh, so we held them three. Um, you know, I, looking at my decision on that, I, I thought. Um, you know, I know he made the one at the end of the first half. I didn't think it, that was easy for him. Uh, thinking about the the line of of where you know he kicked it from and where the ball was right there. Obviously, second second thought, uh, then you know he made it. So I should have accepted it. He misses it, I, then you know that's the way it goes. Uh, you know, so I I had to be convicted with a decision. I was, um, and he made it, but. As far as, you know, whether it was a face mask or whether there wasn't a face mask, it's hard for them to see at, at, at that time. I get it. Um, we got to protect the ball better, and we didn't, do it, we didn't do a good job of that all game. Like, we were loose with that football, and, and it came out, and, and they got it. I know it's hard to tell in the moment, but Quez's big reception, 50 yards, and obviously uh, St. Juice was able to get it out from behind what did you see there um you know that's something that we talk about and we we think about that you know there you're you're susceptible getting up off the ground you know you want to teach them to be aggressive and you know if you can't he's not seeing behind them they get off they get up off the ground maybe run for a touchdown but we also are aware that the defense is taught to to take a swipe at that ball when you're getting up off the ground kind of the same way as when you're going to the ground the ball is not um is loose sometimes when you're that that way and so um, hey, we got to do a better job of coaching that. Um, we we got to think of a drill to, to do that. We, we talk about it, um, but obviously we didn't execute it today. And so as a coach, you, you put yourself in that situation first and you say, how do I fix that? And so we'll have to do a drill where we're getting up off the ground, protecting it. And if there's bodies around us, we got to stay down there on the ground. And so, um, you know, like I said, we talk about it, but I didn't put Quez in that scenario and drill in drills. So um, we'll, we'll get better from this as coaches. I know Quez will get better from it as well. Do you get a sense from the players and the coaches in the locker room after the game that this was a lost opportunity, that you had many opportunities to win this game and just gave it away? Yeah, I give them a lot of credit. I always, I think that's a, I think that's a good football team. I have a lot of respect for for Coach Rivera, and uh, so I, I don't, I don't ever like to say, you know, we lost it. You know, they they, they played, they played, and they and they uh, and they played well. Um, but we know that we made mistakes, right? We made uncharacteristic mistakes, and it's a bo- it's so it's a both and. Like you're not pleased with, you know. They, I'll give them all the credit, but know that that we didn't play our type of game. We made mistakes. We made we had penalties. We had uncharacteristic fumbles. We threw an interception. Um, you know, we it, it just it and. You know, we didn't we didn't do a good enough job. There's there's some things back that we want as calls, and like I, I didn't do a good enough job coaching this week. And so, um, yeah, you feel you feel upset because you lost the game and you made a lot of mistakes. Um, we made we made a ton of mistakes, uh, and that that loses your football games in this league. You turn the ball over like that, that loses your football games in this league. You made a lot of mistakes. Some of them, uh, some of the calls were freakish. I think I think like like whether the calls were bad or whether the calls were good or whatever it was I think when you're when you play when you play the way we did tonight and when you play the way we did on all three phases you know like offense defense special teams coaching right when you when you play like that it, it does seem like you're you're it seems like everything's going against you. You create your own luck, and and we played like crap. We didn't we didn't do a good enough job, and we we when and uh, and it feels like things go against you. Those those plays, those those scenarios that happen when you when you play like that get magnified, right? The what if it, whether it was the right call or wrong call, and so we made our own luck today, and uh, and we and it, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think the second half, I thought the defense coaches did a nice job of, um, you know, adjusting and, and held them to really 
well, I mean, really three points there. I mean, because the offense, we fumbled, uh, gave them a free three right there, and then obviously the last play of the game. So I thought the defense made some, uh, you know, hats off to our defense coaches making the adjustment at halftime. But it can't, it can't be, it can't be that long before we we make our adjustments, and we gotta we gotta do it even quicker. Now, with that being said, um, they were, you know, they were five yards on first down two yards on second down or three yards on second down, and then they were converting on third. And I mean, they had 21 third downs. That's a lot. And uh, so they stuck to their game plan. Um, I respect that. Um, you know, Scott uh, Turner did a good job of calling it. They stuck to their game plan and, uh, you know, kept us on the field for an awfully long time. But I do think the adjustments that we made were good. But, you know, we can't start off flat. We can't. We can't uh, let them get twenty and then go in and then and then and then go from there. So uh, we got to do even better, um, you know. And sometimes when the offense is, you know, I think we had one where we we turned it over. So it was the defense was out there a lot, and that's hard too. And so that's like like I said, I'm not. It's a full team game. Like if the offense goes. Uh, I think we went a three-play drive. We had a couple big plays, and we threw an interception. Like they're making those adjustments right there, and then they went right down and 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 scored off of that, off a of ninety yard. It wasn't right. They they took the ball all the way down the field, and so you know that that I'm, I want everybody to understand that it's like yeah, we got to make those adjustments, and I'm saying that, but they didn't have time to because we didn't we didn't keep the ball on offense, and that's why it's it's the team game like. We're, we're, we started 8-0 together, we lost this game together, and we're going to move on together, and uh, and we'll get better from this. Were you, concerned, uh, were you concerned? I mean, you've got Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Derek Henry coming up. I'm only worried about Jonathan Taylor at this point. Yeah. You, you, you didn't do very well against Roy. That seems to be your Achilles heel since you lost Jordan Davis. I mean, how do you how do you address that yeah. in the beginning of the game? Obviously, we'll have to go look at this tape, and, and you know, we we... we um, look at this tape and see what what went down on this game. Knowing that, hey, when you show show that uh, a team attacks a, a place, we're going to see it again, right? And then we're going to see that we're going to see that again. Um, and so uh, we'll we'll work like crazy to get it fixed. Uh, and that and we understand that that um, will be the narrative of you know how to beat us. And uh, and we'll and, and we got we got to own that and we got to fix it and we and we will. Two more folks. What do you team after? Pretty much right what I just said to Elliot. Hey, we started eight no together. We lost tonight together. We move on together, and we pick ourselves up together. And uh, and because we lost this game together, we truly lost this game together. And uh, you know, uncharacteristic things that we did. And uh, and let's get better from this. Limping after that first reception a little bit was he okay? He seemed. To- I mean, he kept he, yeah, he kept playing and uh, you know he he uh, toughed out uh, you know the what he was what he was going through right there um, and so you know I got a lot of a lot of respect for that that he was able to tough that out and be out in the field because he demands a lot of respect out there. Did that shift things for you though? I think I, I mean we still want to be able to give him the football and I know he didn't get it as much tonight uh, and it shifted to. You know, Devonte a little bit more, and Quez made some plays. But um, yeah, they they did a good job. Uh, they did a good job uh, taking them away. All right, thanks, folks. All right, thanks. Sirianni saying we all lost this game, which is true. All three phases of the game, if you want to look at it from a coaching perspective, every person on that football field is responsible for tonight. Um, We've talked so much about the defense because we saw them primarily uh, the most on the field tonight. But for the offense, they did have opportunities. So what did we learn from the offensive side of the ball when they were given opportunities and they just couldn't capitalize? Well, I, I thought in the first half, they found it hard to find a rhythm, mm-hmm. right? They, they scored quickly, but they didn't get enough possessions in the first half. So how do you run the football? So everybody complained, well, you ran the football four times in the first half. Well, they were only out there for six minutes. Yeah, <laughs> right. 20 plays. plays in the first right. half, and you had 14 points. So it's impressive that you get 14 points with the limited time that they were out there. I just think the offense was just disjointed tonight, and from that point they were playing catch-up for the most part. And I think it got it. And then with A.J. being banged up a little bit, I'm sure that had a little bit to do with some of the play calling because if you just look at some of the routes, even the ones that went to Devontae, Outside of the deep one, the Quez late in the game, which you get another blown coverage from Washington, a lot of these passes were intermediate passes. Yeah. And 
A.J., after the deep ball to him, they got picked off. By the way, very good pass from Jalen Hurts. I, I didn't realize A.J. had that in his hands for a, for a split second, and the, the, the safety was able to get it out of there. I just think A.J. being banged up and not having the ball out there enough in the first half just really threw the offense off kilter. Yeah, and I think when you look at it, look, they, the Eagles' offense, they start the game off with two touchdown drives. You mentioned the first one on that short field after the sack fumble. Then they go nine plays, but after that, you get a turnover, you get the interception, two three-and-outs, then you get uh, a, a touchdown drive to start the third quarter, and then you've got a fumble, a fumble, and a three-and-out. So uh, a handful of three-and-outs in there, the three turnovers – that tells you, all right, well, that means you're giving the ball back to Washington's offense very, very fast. The defense was already struggling to stay or to get off the field. Uh, and it was uh, like I think that Nick Sirianni put that perfectly in that press conference, that those, those problems feed each other. When you've got the offense that is struggling to sustain drives and a defense that is struggling to get off the field, well, now both problems are starting to compound, and then you've got a force multiplier there and a reason why you lose this game. Yeah, and the Eagles have done a great job, if not the best job of any team this year, playing complementary football. Yeah. And they couldn't play complementary football tonight because I didn't think the offense had the opportunity to be out there as much as they would have liked to have been. So, for me, I go back to that defensive side of the ball. You got the way they've been playing this year, they've either been opportunistic where they're taking the ball away, giving our offense a short field, or they're get, getting off the field on third down, and it allows the offense to do what they do best. I thought tonight had more to do with Washington playing keep away from our offense. And then when they when Washington finally took the lead, I thought the offense played catch-up ball from that, that point moving forward. It's just not the way that they've played all year. So now they're playing a brand of football that, they not, that they're not accustomed to because you're playing from behind in the second half. And I think we've been at our best when we've been able to dictate from an offensive standpoint what your defense is going to do. We didn't get into enough third and short situations where we extend drive going for it on fourth down. All the things that we've watched the first eight weeks of the season, this Eagles offense do, I didn't think they had the opportunity to do it as frequently tonight. And I, I personally would put that back on the defense, saying we need to get off the field to give the offense the ball back. Speaking of the defense, Brandon Graham, the captain of this team, he spoke to reporters just a little bit ago in the locker room. Here's what he had to say. You know what? Uh, we want to learn from it. And we just want to make sure that we, we remember this feeling because we, we, we only going to lose if we beat ourselves. And so we was out there. Um, uh, Washington came out. They came ready to play. And so that's all. I'm going to give all credit to them because they, they made us really, you know, earn it today. And so um, for us, I mean, for them, you know, it's credit to them, you know. And so I'm, I'm ready to see how, how we bounce back from this. And I know we're going to bounce back. Um, I'm already ready just to, you know, get to work. Usually pretty good on third downs. This is where it's going to start. When the Eagles re-enter the NovaCare Complex tomorrow morning, it starts with guys like Brandon Graham. There's no denying the culture that is in this locker room and what we've seen through the first eight games of the season. But how is that culture going to show up tomorrow morning after their first loss of the season? We're soon going to find out. Yeah, and I, and I trust the leadership on this team. BG, that's one. Fletcher, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position. These are guys that put their hard hat on every day to come in here and get prepared. And that's a that's tonight's game is like a slap in the face for everybody, right? It wakes you up and it's like, okay, we aren't unbeatable. Now we can get back to the drawing board, put our hard hat on, and get back to proving people wrong again. I don't have any concern as to whether or not this will linger into next week. These guys will come in tomorrow or Wednesday. I'd be surprised they're not in tomorrow um, to get prepared to get an early start on this Indianapolis Colts team because it's been great winning football games and it's been a great feeling. So now you get the first taste of what a loss feels like for this group together in the 2022 Eagles and I guarantee you they don't like it. So um, they know that they're a good football team and again you don't want one loss to turn into two losses so you get back in there and you get you get to work tomorrow. And to your point, there's a there's a saying in coaching that uh, everyone's got a good culture when you're winning. Your, your, <laughs> right. your good culture shows up after losses. What, you, what does your team do when you face that adversity, both mid-game and then after a loss like this? And we'll see. Uh, we know the, the leaders in that locker room, but 
this is that first test, is what does that 2022 team look like when they face that first loss? And uh, to me, I think just looking at the way this team can rebound, it could show up in a lot of the different, a lot of different ways, but guys like Brandon Graham that are willing to stand there, face the music, and say, hey, th- this is what this team is going to do. I think that he, he said it best. They were going to make us earn this. As bad as this felt for the large majority of this game, it did not feel good watching this game. I'm sure it didn't feel good down on the sideline and for the guys that were in between the lines. But for as bad as that felt, this was a one-score game. The Eagles had the ability to win this game multiple times in the fourth quarter on both sides, just could not make that play that would have sealed this victory. And so as bad as it was, it was right there for the taking. Washington made them earn it with the way that they played. The Eagles just couldn't make the plays when it counted. I mentioned what BG said in the kickoff show at his locker this week. He said this team has a lot of hope. He said they're not just going to lay down because they lost the first time. This is the NFC East, and there's a lot at stake in this division, especially the way um, the other teams have been playing. And he was exactly right. They didn't lay down. They came out playing confident, inspired football. They were on the road, and it looked like they just didn't care. You mentioned, Ella, about the NFC East. It's the second time they played Washington. Yeah. So you get another opportunity to look at this offense seven weeks later or six weeks later, and you say, okay, these are some things that we did the first time that didn't work well for us. Let's try something different this time. They're a much different team than they were in week three when you had Wentz back there at the quarterback position. Because when you have a guy like Carson at the quarterback position, it's so tempting to want to sit back there and just throw, 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 throw. He has the big arm. He can make those throws. So as an offensive coordinator, you're salivating at what you at the potential he has. When you get a guy like Taylor Heineke in there, you play the game closer to the vest. You're a little more measured in taking those chances. You, you don't necessarily want Heineke to go out there and win the game for you. You just don't want him to put him in a position where he loses it for you. So they've been playing games closer to the vest over the last four or five weeks since he's been out there, getting back to running the football and letting their defense try to play a little better. And that's what they did tonight. The Eagles realize now that they aren't invincible. And so you don't really understand that until you lose your first game of the season. And they're the last team in the league to lose a game this year. Um, they can go back to being the hunted, right? When you're undefeated, everybody you're going to get the best from every team you face. I don't care what their record is. They want to be the first team to beat the last unbeaten team. And the fact that you played Washington for a second time, it's a divisional opponent. I'm not surprised it was a much closer game. I'm just surprised that we didn't play our best football. You can almost accept a loss when you feel like you did your best. The Eagles know man-to-man they didn't play their best brand of football tonight. Yeah, and I think this is a formula, as we talked about earlier in the show, that I think other teams are going to try and replicate, especially when if you have trouble along the offensive line, which – Look, the last time the Eagles played this team, they sacked the quarterback nine times. So they're going into this game saying, you know what? We probably shouldn't drop back on every single drop back. We should on every single pass play. That's not an, a winning formula for us as a football team. So when you look at the drives where they were able to sustain offense, move the football, they had nine out of 13 plays on that second drive were runs. Six out of 11 on the next play or on the next drive were runs. Ten out of 16 on the next touchdown drive were runs. Nine out of 13 on the next touchdown drive were runs. They wanted to run the football, control the clock, make those timely passes for Taylor Heineke. They came, he came through when he needed it, but that was a formula that they're going to try and see that was able to work for them tonight. Indianapolis, they're going to try and replicate that here on Sunday. And what it does to the Eagles is it puts more, I won't say pressure, but it puts more of a premium on them to take advantage of their possessions. You know, teams are going to try to shorten the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. When you look at the remaining opponents, you don't feel threatened by – uh, their offense is to go put up 30 points on you. So what, what a team is going to want to do is say, okay, let's shorten this game as best we can, see if we can get it into high teens, low 20s. That's going to give us a chance to win, and it keeps that Eagles offense on the sideline as, as much as possible. So it puts the Eagles, because they don't have as many possessions, Right, you got to take advantage of the possessions when you get out there because teams like Washington are saying, I don't mind having a 12-play, 14-play drive that eats up seven minutes <laughs> on the clock. 
even if it leads to a field goal, that means your offense isn't on the field scoring touchdowns against us. And if we look up at halftime and the score is 14 to 10 or 17 to 14, they're happy about that because they know they have a chance in the second half. It's all math and like statistics and probabilities at that point. If I tell you going into a game that, hey, you've got to score points on five drives and you only have eight to do it, as opposed to if you have 12 to do it, <laughs> right. you feel better if you've got 12 drives to do it. And that's exactly how teams are going to want to play the Eagles. They want to keep Jalen Hurts in that offense off the field as often as possible. But here tonight, even though they only had those limited amount of opportunities, still didn't make good enough on, on enough uh, of those. And that was that, that's the big thing, I think, offensively, is you will look at some of these missed opportunities. What did I say? Three, three, four and outs, uh, or three, three and outs here in this game, plus the turnovers. Uh, that's, that's tough to, to be able to win a football game that way. And to your point, even though the Eagles were dominating in time of possession tonight, this still was a one-score game yep. late. You know, yeah. Dallas Goddard. That fumble, missed face mask call there by the officials, but the Eagles had the ball there only down by two with an opportunity to go down and go ahead by kicking a field goal, score a touchdown. The Eagles defense do a great job holding Washington to a long field goal. Give Washington credit. They made the field goal. Now we got a five-point game. Jalen Hurts, perfect pass to Quez Watkins. Yep. He hits him deep. I don't fault Quez for getting up and trying to finish the play because I was sitting there saying you haven't been touched. Get up. Get in the end zone. Score. But – when you hit the ground and pop back up, you almost lose sight of where your defender is. And it's just unfortunate. He's able to hit him from the back and poke that ball out. And there's the last opportunity, legitimate opportunity, the Eagles had to potentially go in. Because up until that play, I kept saying to myself, they're going to find a way to win this game. Yep. They'll overcome adversity. Everybody's yep. wanting to see this team, see how they bounce back from adversity if they're, if they're behind in the fourth quarter, which they hadn't trailed in the second half all year. How would they respond? So I would say this. Even though this game on paper looks like Washington completely dominated, I will take a silver lining from it that the Eagles battled all the way to the end in this game. Yep. And not into that unfortunate penalty late in the game. The Eagles may have gotten the ball back again with one more opportunity okay. to score. So at least they did fight the entire game. Right tackle Lane Johnson spoke with reporters in the locker room just a little bit ago. He spoke about the response this team is going to have. So we'll respond. Uh, you know, we got some good teams coming up. Um, the Colts have kind of been re-energized. So, uh, you know, you can learn a lot from losses. Um, you know, we've lost plenty around here the past few years. But, um, you know, with those losses, we've learned and, and uh, we've grown from it. So uh, that's what I expect us to do. Another leader of this football team, a leader who has won a lot of football games in Philadelphia, but also has faced a great deal of adversity. And just today was the first sample of adversity in the 2022 season. What do we think about the play of the offensive line? I know it's some things that we're gonna t you're gonna need to take time once you go back and watch the film. But just first glance, what did we think? Uh, I don't think Jalen was under a ton of pressure tonight. I just I look at the offensive line and I say. Well, you would have wanted to run the football, but they didn't get enough possessions out there. They certainly showed that in the second half. When they got going, yeah. Yeah, when they got going running the football. I thought the offensive line played much better than they did the last game against Houston. Now, the Houston game, I was a little concerned. We gave up a few sacks there. Uh, but I thought Jordan Malata played well tonight. Um, I Am I correct? Did they not get a sack tonight? Did Washington get they a got, sack? Well, they got a sack on the, uh, the final possession, that final three and out. Oh, uh, that final three. Now you're right. That's out. right. They did get one late in the game. So, yeah, when you look at it that way, and that's the strength of this Washington team is their defensive right. line. So I thought, I thought our offensive line held up and really played, had a nice bounce back game from that Houston game where I thought Jalen, you know, got hit once too often in that Houston game. Yeah, even if you just look at it from a number standpoint, Miles Sanders finished 54 yards rushing, four and a half yards per carry. Uh, Jalen Hurts had 4.7 yards a carry. Kenny Gainwell, seven yards a carry. So uh, offensively, from a, uh, an efficiency standpoint on the ground, they were able to move the ball. But uh, from a volume standpoint, obviously the yards just not there just because they, it was a non-factor in the first half with only 20 offensive plays. We all know the outside noise going into this about can the Eagles go 17-0? Can they be undefeated? Well, that has now been, been put to rest. Yes. But the follow-up discussions to that from the outside is then, okay, well, when they drop one, how do they respond? Can they keep it to, to one game and not let it spiral? Yes. Uh, all that at the time is just kind of talk. 
yeah. right? But now we're going to actually put yep. that to the test this week. How do they respond? Of course, Lane Johnson didn't seem too concerned in, about the way that they will prepare and respond on Sunday. But it's a legitimate question. Uh, when you are faced with adversity for the first time, what is Sunday going to look like from this team? I'm anxious to see it. I, I really am. And, uh, Fran, you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, chemistry and culture is great when you're winning and no one is losing and you don't have to point a finger at anybody. So th- this group of players, teammates, haven't had to face that sort of adversity just yet. And so I'm anxious to see what they look like Sunday because I'll be honest with you, I didn't think they were going 17-0. and And if we're, the goal is to win it all is to win a championship. And I don't know if you can fully buy in to whether or not you have the team to do that until you've seen them go through a little adversity. So while they work every day and work every week to win every game, I totally understand that. They should. As, a, as an observer and a fan of the team, you're like, okay, well, let's see how we bounce back if they lose a game, if they happen to lose a game. So you can see whether or not these guys are going to stick together, they're going to fight together. Do you come back next week and you put on a, a much better performance? Like I said about the team we had in 04. We lost to Pittsburgh. It was an embarrassing game. The quarterback and wide receivers on the sideline back and forth and following each other around and one guy doesn't want to be bothered. And that was all the talk we heard all week. Oh, it's about to crumble. And I knew T.O. He come here and this and And then next you know we go out and put up 49 points against the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> That's what we went and did. That's how we responded. Yep. The okay. difference is the majority of that team had played together and experienced adversity together. This is a new team. It's a lot of new faces. So I got belief that they'll bounce back and and handle this very well because I love the leadership on the team, starting with the head coach, trickling on down to the players. But if I'm just just as a fan of the team, yeah, get the loss out of the way. Now let's see how we respond to it. Yeah, we've already heard from Brandon Graham. We've heard from Lane Johnson. We're going to hear from Jalen Hurts here in a little bit. And what is one of the one sayings we know from one of the other leaders on this team, from Jason Kelsey? He says this, and he's more speaking about, hey, winning an individual game, winning one game. It's not about who's toughest, who is toughest the longest. And, yeah, that works in an individual game, but it also works over the course of a season. Sure. Who is toughest over the, long sp- over the long haul? This is a team that's not trying to win games in November. They are trying to win games in January and eventually in February. So it's all about how do you respond to this? Can you shake this off? You know who's the only other group of people that are just as upset about the Eagles losing this game? I don't think the Colts are too happy that the Eagles lost this game. No. Right. <laughs> they're good. They're good. Exactly. Coming in with a week full of motivation uh, going out to Lucas Oil on, uh, on Sunday afternoon. So I think ultimately, look, the Eagles, we, we have this good feeling about the, the people in this building, players, coaches, organizationally. They're going to shake this off and be right back on track here next week. Speaking about another leader on the team, Darius Slay took to Twitter. Let's see what he had to say. Tough one today. We will be back. Spoken like a true leader, Darius Slay, uh, he was targeted a lot tonight. James Bradbury, I feel like we didn't hear his name as much. Um, But those wide receivers, Terry McLaurin really specifically, had a great night against a secondary that's been able to lock down basically any receiver in the NFL so far. Yeah, and and we may not be privy to the exact scheme that was being played tonight, technique, whether you want to press a guy or be off a guy. You know, uh, I'm not used to seeing Slay, you know, have people throw at him. Right. Just just not. I'm just not used to that. But Terry McLaurin, it's the reason why they call him Scary Terry. He is a very good wide receiver, and they were able to get the ball to him tonight. Um, I I think that's something Slay will take personal, right? That's something Slay certainly uh, he takes pride in his technique and his work out there on the field. And sometimes you just got to tip your cap uh, to your opponent. And what was different about this game tonight is that we didn't do we didn't do a lot of blitzing tonight. So the ball didn't come out very. All right, I got to interrupt you guys. The man of the hour. We've been waiting for him. Quarterback Jalen Hurts at the podium. Jalen, what what can you and the, the team learn from a from a game like this? Yeah, I think it's the it's the same message that's always been delivered um, after our wins. Same message delivered after our losses. You know, controlling the things that we can. Come out here today, we 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 didn't do that. We didn't do it, and today it got us. So, you know, there, there's, it, it's very important to control the things that you can. Controlling your ball security. Um, knowing where the operation of the player is supposed to go and just execution. Those are all things that we can control and we have to do a better job of that. Well, the ball execution is 
today? Um, just the overall lack of, of detail and execution. And today it got us. You know, I think there have been games in the past where um, you'd hear us say maybe leaving money on the table, um, opportunities that we didn't take advantage of, advantage of and I look at this game and I say was a, we were repeat offenders of that and today it got us you know and it's something we have to learn from it's just something we really already know it's just something that we have to fix and ultimately control the things we can in the end when we're out there on the field. Frustrating first of all is to be parked on the sideline for most of that time and then secondly does it make it hard to get into a a rhythm as the game goes on? It's not the best feeling. Um, but I think, again, you know, you have different teams that have different approaches to how they want to go about the game. And they did an ex- excellent job on offense, executed at a high level. Um, <clears throat> I think for us offensively, um, I don't think we, we executed good enough. You know, we turned the ball over. I don't know how – we weren't efficient enough. Nothing was enough, you know, and it's a lot of reflection being, hap- uh, being held right now. And I think it's an opportunity for us to to grow. It's, a, it's another opportunity for us to grow. That is, you know, that that's the same message. What happened in the last, the last offensive series, Jalen? Were, were there any execution issues on those last two plays? When we got sacked, yeah, we just we just had a sack, had some penetration, tried to make a play, um, got, got sacked. And then what about the play right before the 13 personnel? Um, again, another, another miscue up front. Um, had an issue, had the, you know, lack lack of detail in, in what we were doing. Did you get a good look at the play with the Dallas football and apparently it was a face mask missed? Yeah, you know, we can we can go all day for um, <laughs> we can go all day about that. You know, I think in reality, I think um, in the end, it's about us doing the things that we can um, and controlling the things that we can. And uh, I think tonight we we weren't we weren't doing that at a high level. You know, and today it got us. You know, and it, it doesn't get you until it gets you, until they got us. So, you know, we, we learn from it. We move forward. So would you say that this loss is more on what they did or what you did to yourselves? It's on, it's on us. It's a great football team. Uh, they're well coached. I think um, with the uncharacteristic, that's the word we're using, the uncharacteristic mistakes that we've made, things that we haven't really done all year in terms of our formula for winning football games, you know, we go out there and turn the ball over like that. Um, not so good things happen, you know. So we, we have to do a better job um, as a team, everybody. Um, attention to detail, our focus, coming in to, to, to practice um, this week with a, with a different type of hunger. And um, going out there and, and playing our best ball, that's the challenge every, every week. Jalen, you mentioned this being another opportunity to grow. I know no athlete or team ever wants to lose a game. But do you view losses that way, is that they can have like longer-term value because they cause you guys to buckle down and get back on details and things like that? They say, you know, uh, my message to them this morning and, and before the game, ironically, they say um, hungry dogs run faster. And, you know, when you when you win, they say it's, it's hard to keep that hunger. And I think this team is, is in a position – and now we can dictate how we want to respond to this adversity, um, this obstacle in our way. You know, what is done is done. So there's definitely a so what, not what mentality. And I know my mentality moving forward. I know um, my attention to detail in terms of my preparation and how that will look moving forward. I know my eagerness to play to the standard um, moving forward. I know, I know what that is, so I know how this team will respond. And I have confidence in this football team. How good is it that you'll have a short week and you can get right back at it? You got to play the you, you play the cards you dealt, you know. Um, and I think this is an opportunity for us to, to to learn a lot about ourselves. You know, it's a it's, it's a so what now what mentality. It's pretty silver lining that you don't have to talk about being seventeen and zero. <laughs> now that's all for for you. I mean, I. I wasn't entertaining it at all. Um, you obviously want to win all the games you play in, you know. And tonight wasn't wasn't our night, you know. Um, um, I think in terms of, like I said, the the message for me is control the things that you can. And when you do that, 
you got a you got a pretty good opportunity to to be victorious in the end. So, um, how do you do it? You know, you you prepare, um, the attention to detail, the energy you have, the approach, the mentality towards it, and then ultimately playing together. You know, playing together. Next play, next play. You know, like I said, we had opportunities. We had opportunities. They, I mean, they, I'm sitting there on the sideline. They, they're giving us these opportunities. Um, they, they trying to let us win this game. You know, and you know we didn't take advantage of the opportunities when we had. Like I said, we turned the ball over. Um, very uncharacteristic mistakes. Um, and those are things that I know that um, every individual in the locker room take personally, and we're eager to fix, and we're eager to have another opportunity to um, express ourselves on the field. So uh, we gotta, we gotta definitely um, look this one, and look ourselves in the mirror after this one. Um, take the steps we need to take, um, and acknowledge the things that we need to fix and fix them. Take some more. In those first eight games, you guys were, I think, plus 14 in the turnover margin. Did you think that pace was sustainable? Or did you think something like this could happen? It's about the standard, you know, the standard. I think every every football team, Pop Warner, high school, college, NFL, they they, they preach to protect the ball. Um, they preach to score touchdowns. They preach all these great things because it's football 101 fundamentals, you know. And you know, they, 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 they played a great game tonight. That was, a, that was a really good opponent we played tonight, and they showed up and they played well, you know, and – in terms of us controlling the things that we can control with our ball security, um, knowing, you know, the operation of what we're supposed to do, um, where we're supposed to be, um, and doing it with the right detail and fundamentals. That's something that we can control. Um, so that is, um, that'll be an emphasis this week. How do you view your interception? It seemed like you gave your receiver a chance to make a play, but it's in double coverage. How do you view it? It happens. Was it the right decision, do you think? I think it happens. To your point of um, winning and being able to maintain that hunger, do you feel like that was something that was happening, kind of looking retrospect where maybe it wasn't at the level that it has been? I think in the end it's about how you respond, regardless of what's in front of you. How do you respond to this scenario? How do you respond to that scenario? How do you respond to the joy, the feeling of joy? How do you respond to the feeling of pain? Um... I got a good feeling how we'll respond. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, y'all. All right, Eagles fans, now is your chance to vote for the Toyota Player of the Week. Go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Toyota Player of the Week to cast your vote and get a chance at a brand-new Toyota. But before we get to all that and get to those nominees, Fran, I know you broke down earlier in the show. Uh, Eureka Review, what do you got for us? Yeah, so we want to take a look back at Jalen Hurts' first touchdown pass that happened on the second drive of this game, and that is going to be our Rico Review here tonight. And I think the big thing is, we talked about this on the kickoff show, Ella, is what were kind of the, the change-ups? What were the wrinkles that we would see from the Eagles offense? Not just off the, the uh, extra week of rest here, uh, some extra time, 10 days since that Houston game, but also second time facing a similar opponent, seeing the Washington Commanders here in Week 10 after facing them in Week 3. Well, we got that answer on this play. Let's go to the film because well, I remember in the that first game, empty sets were such a big part of the Eagles' offense. And you can see these empty sets here. Uh, Jalen Hurts in the low red zone, no one in the backfield with them. Now, there was a play in the low red zone against Washington in Week 3 where Jalen Hurts took the snap, dropped back, and took off on a QB draw. Washington faced it. Uh, we saw the, uh, some other teams try to deal with this as well. That has been a play that has been in the Eagles playbook. So when they get down into the low red zone, what are some change-ups you can do off of that? And we can let this play for a second. You're going to see Jalen Hurts is going to take the snap and it looks like QB draw, except then he pulls up. Look at what those linebackers did. This was essentially a play-action fake with no running back in the backfield because those linebackers, they attacked the line of scrimmage thinking QB run, QB run, QB run. Dallas Goddard is going to slide behind those linebackers. It is a little pump pass, a little pop pass in the red zone. We can let this play. Jalen Hurts hops up in the air, throws this over the top to Dallas Goddard, and it's a touchdown there uh, for, for the Jalen Hurts there in the low red zone. Outstanding 
shining wrinkle from this Eagles offense, from the coaching staff. Really good changeup off of a fastball. Again, when you get those low red zone plays, it's a high leverage situation. Really good game planning there from the Eagles coaching staff using a changeup off of a play they showed in the first matchup there. The Eagles get on the board there in the second drive of the game. I almost stole uh, Fran's thunder for his Rico review because I was going right to Toyota Player of the Week because I, <laughs> I wanted to break down our three nominees. As a reminder, you can vote on PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Toyota Player of the Week to cast your vote. Now let's get into the nominees. Starting with the defense, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That is his fifth straight game with an interception, number six on the night. Next up, we have Javon Hargrave again. Just a great night for Javon Hargrave up front. And then, of course, Devontae Smith on his birthday, scoring a touchdown. Seems to be the thing for him. On his birthday, he's got to get a touchdown. What do we think? It's the Slim Reaper's birthday. (laughs) Got to give it to Devontae Smith, right? Two, two targets on third down. Both of them were converted for first downs. He gets the touchdown grab on his birthday. He had a, a fire outfit uh, come yeah, in. I mean, that's he that. might have had the best outfit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he wore his birthday outfit today. Yes, he does, sir. Yes, he did. I think it's got to be Devontae Smith. That would be my vote for uh, Toyota Player of the Week. Yeah. All right, Eagles fans, get your votes in. We're going to move on to the Jamison Nightcap, looking ahead to Indianapolis on Sunday. We're back to regularly scheduled programming here, a yes. 1 o'clock Sunday game, Eagles football. They wow. hit the road playing the Colts. It's been an interesting year, to say the least, in Indianapolis. Uh, Frank Reich, obviously, out as their head coach. Jeff Saturday, first-time head coach ever taking the job. He did get his first win this week. They defeated the Raiders. Who will play quarterback? It looks like perhaps Matt Ryan. He was benched earlier in the season. Jeff Saturday put him back out there. He is your vet. You got to stick with Matt Ryan. But um, a big task for the Eagles, like we mentioned, they are coming off of a loss. But also on the flip side of that is they're coming off of a loss. So it could be a dangerous game for the Colts. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think the Eagles won't have any problem getting getting motivated this week and paying attention to detail. That's what a loss will do to you. If anything, this game, Nick Sirianni is going back home. Mm. So he'll be answering questions about that all week and what's going on. So he's going to do a great job of making sure that he blocks out all that nonsense that they'll want to talk to him about this week, about making a return trip to Indianapolis. These players, though, they're going to be focused and ready to go, whether it's Matt Ryan or Sam Ellinger. They want to get this bad taste out of their mouth. So I don't have any problem worrying about the players being ready to go next Sunday. Yeah, it's been a decent amount of time getting ready for the Colts in the last few days. And certainly coming into today, I just wanted to see what this offensive identity was going to be. You had a first-time play caller. Uh, obviously, no Marcus Brady, their offensive coordinator. No Frank Reich, their head coach. So what was the identity going to be on offense? We hit on it earlier in the show. Heavy dose of the run game and a lot of quick throws from Matt Ryan. The ball got out really, really fast. Now, on defense... Not a lot of mystery there. Gus Bradley, that coaching staff, they are well entrenched there. We know the identity of a Gus Bradley defense. They're going to play a lot of single high, extra man in the box. Rodney McLeod is playing good safety ball for them as the strong safety close to the line of scrimmage. So you'll see a familiar face there. But uh, it's going to be a lot of cover three, a lot of cover one, not a lot of blitz. It's going to be a four-man rush. You're going to know what to expect here from this Gus Bradley defense on Sunday out in Indianapolis. We will have you covered on the kickoff show at 12.10 p.m. right before that one. One o'clock kick in Indianapolis. But for now, the Eagles move to eight and one tonight, and they're going to go for nine and one next week. Thanks so much for tuning in, Eagles fans. And as always, go birds.